0: have sensed for some time and that, if I can just be vulnerable for a moment, that there are some things that are supposed to be happening that haven't happened yet. Can you testify to that, whether it's in your own life, whether it's in, uh, you know, the, the walls of Hope City Church, your community, the church worldwide, that there are some things that are supposed to be happening in this hour, but they're not yet happening. There's a missing piece. And what I'm finding out is that there's a whole generation that are biblically illiterate to the kingdom message. The kingdom message. So this morning, I want to break some things down for you. And for those of you that are new believers or you're new to the faith, I believe this is going to be a firm foundation that you can use to build upon for some of us how many of you know sometimes we just got to go back to basics amen we got to go back to basics but there are two realms and we talk a lot about them there's the spiritual realm the supernatural and then there's the physical realm the things that we can see touch taste right There are a lot of things that I believe that we go to counseling for that God can do in a moment. Come on, you believe that this morning? Amen? I believe there are some things that maybe, you know, we've seen specialists for, and I'm talking to myself, that I know, that I know God can do something in a moment. Amen? Those are supernatural things. Right? And the manifestation of that is in the physical realm. I believe that even in our church services, if we tap in on a Sunday morning, yep, Sunday morning, 10 a.m., we can tap into and step into a place of such supernatural that while Tracy's sitting here and she's worshiping at the feet of God, there's a marriage over here being set free. Amen? Amen? I believe that there's healing that can take place on a Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Yes, Amen? It don't have to be during the praise song either. Amen? Right. So that's why it's important, and this isn't in here, but you get yourself here at 10 a.m. and not 10.20, 10.25. Because it's in that atmosphere. You're in, you're in the very presence of God. Remember, his praises, our praises inhabit. That's where he lives and he dwells. So if you're just walking out of the house at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, man, you could be missing out. You could be missing out. Amen? Now, I know stuff happens. Shoes get lost. You know, oh, man, I'm on E. I should have did it last night. Okay. But I believe that we should be diligent and believe at any moment, God, I'm expecting a miracle. Supernatural. That's that realm, that supernatural realm. 2 Corinthians 4.18, I have this on as a slide, says this. While we do not look at the things which are seen, how do you do that? How do you do not look at the things that you can see? It says, but look at the things which are not seen. So you're telling me the thing I can see, don't look at it. Is that what it's saying? The things you can see, don't look at it. And the thing that you can't see, stare right at it. That's what it's saying. Come on. It doesn't even make sense. It's a contradictory statement. While we don't look at what we can look at, he says he wants us to look at totally what we can't look at. Come on, if you can tap into this this morning, I'm telling you, you may have to. Like, just ask the Holy Spirit, man, give me a revelation to this, okay? God created the heavens and the earth. You know God never intended for the earth to operate without heaven. Do you know that? He intended the heaven and the earth, heaven and earth, to operate the same. The earth is a physical expression of heaven. Think about it. That's why the first place was called Eden. You know what Eden means? Perfection or heavenly. Because it was a physical representation of heaven. Adam was a physical representation of, come on, God, right? If Eden or earth is a physical representation of heaven, Adam was created as a physical representation of God. God breathed his own life into the mud. Adam wasn't mud. Adam was the very life, the very breath of God breathed into him. Are you getting it? He was the very life of God. You can't get life out of dirt. You only get life out of God. In him is life, and that life was the light of men. Adam was put here to govern the earth, and cause it to operate like heaven. How did God operate? God said, and it was so. God said, come on, you read Genesis 1-1, and it was so. What was Adam tasked to do? Whatever you call it, that's what it'll be. So Adam was tasked with whatever you call it, that's what it'll be. Amen? Do you see this? Are are you seeing the connection? Adam operated in a world that was like the one his father lived in and he operated and functioned in the same way that his father did until he lost his authority to govern because he rebelled against God and he sinned. The whole story of Jesus is not a story of who owns the earth. you got to get that. The whole story of Jesus is not about who owns the earth. It's a story of who will rule it. Man was given dominion and he lost it. His realm, the physical realm. God gave Adam dominion and he lost it. So the story of Jesus is not about coming and, you know, making everything popping up petunias. He had a mission, and it was about taking back ownership. Amen? Taking back ownership of the original intent. How many of you know sometimes in the Bible you got to go back? What was the original intent of a thing, right? What was our as God, the very creation of God? What was the original intent that he created man? And because Adam threw it away, God had, he's, okay, I got, we got to do something here. I'm not freaking out, but we got to make it right because that's not the original intent of a thing. Right? Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Ownership has never, ownership has never been and never will be in question who owns the earth, it's never gonna be and it never has been in question with God. He owns the earth, he created it. When you create a thing, you own it, amen? You and I are creations of God. Does he own you this morning? Can you say that? Well, I don't know, he owns like this part of me, but yeah. that's, not, that's, that's between you and Jesus, but I'm just saying, amen? The ownership has never and never will be in question, but the cataclysmic event of the cross is one kingdom overtaken another. Spirit, now I'm talking spiritual. One kingdom overtaken another. That's why Jesus came. Jesus was not a religious figure. He was a political figure. Man, did that just... Right? <laughs> He wasn't a religious figure, he was a political figure. Well, Jen, how can you say that? Because he was a king, he was a king, amen? He came to establish a kingdom on earth, not a religion. He didn't come to establish a religion, he came to establish a kingdom, amen? This is very important, when you say the word kingdom, what most people think about is they think of the church, is people locally, Hope City Church, like the church, like the church, right? Us and the church down the street. We're, we're the church. But the kingdom, when you talk about the kingdom of God, some people think, oh, that's like, that's like the worldwide church, like this kingdom of like all a group of believers. There are people who believe that. We're the church. But when you talk about kingdom, that means like all over the world, God's churches, is the kingdom of God. That's not what that is. The kingdom is a life, and I want you to get this, that you can step through. Jesus, who's the door? And then this whole other world, when you step through that, is available to you. This kingdom, life. Right? So we're unsaved. We ask Jesus into our heart. We're at the door. And he well, the scripture, and he opens the door. Many people just stay at the door. Do you realize that? That's what I'm saying when I say about ankle-deep Christianity. We get them saved. We'll even get them baptized. But some, that's like all the further they go. It's like they, they're stuck at the door. Yeah. They're stuck at the door. But that's what I'm here to tell you this morning. Jesus came to bring the very kingdom of heaven to earth that not only do you just have to stand at the door, but you can actually walk into a whole different lifestyle that's available to you. Yeah. And this is what I'm talking, this is the, the peace that I believe is missing. That, that's, that it, it's just, we're, people are just standing at the door, okay, what's next? What, what feels good? And that's what I'm inviting you this morning, to check your heart. Man, have I been standing at the door for like 30 years? Really, no, really. The world that you can see, smell, taste, hear, and touch says that it is not real. This pulpit, the chair you're sitting on is not real. The Bible says the things which were seen were made from things which are not seen. And the things which are seen are temporary. Come on, I'm building, building, I'm building. Do you get me? I started, come on, I'm building. And the thing which you cannot see is eternal. There's a whole realm that is a spiritual realm. It is unchanging, it is unmovable, and it is more real, people, than the very chair your tush is sitting on this morning. Everything that you can see, smell, touch, feel came out of that realm. Adam lost access to that realm Realm, But Jesus came and he opened the heavens back up to give us access to that realm. Amen? He gave us, when he gave us access, he gave us keys. I am 48 years old and I have about come to realize that what's actually going on sometimes is never really what's going on. Come on. How many of you been some places? Some? Man. What's really going on in the physical realm is really not what's going on. Amen? When you get this, when you get this kingdom mindset, when you get that that spiritual, physical realm issue, when you understand that, when you just ponder that, man, you'll start to realize, and that's why it says in the Bible, we don't war against flesh and blood. It's not physical people, it's not here. Because remember, this is temporary. But we need to start to turn our eyes to another realm, amen? I don't know if any of you, but when you were younger, did you see something? And man, I I would let it bother me. I would let it move me, I would let it affect me. Come on. I'd let it determine my emotions. Man, what that person said about me. It would determine what I would think on. It would determine what I would say. It would determine how I acted. I would let it drive my responses. Come on, right? But what I'm realizing is that's not the place where my focus is supposed to be. Because there is that invisible realm, amen? Invisible has nothing to do with the object. It has to do with the subject and we're the subject. Six inches above your head is a whole other realm that's going on and you aren't even maybe aware of it. And it's not that it's not there because you can't see it. Come on, we don't have to teach about oxygen and air, right? We're breathing this morning, we're here. There's something that's sustaining us in the atmosphere and we have faith because we were educated and we know that it's there. We, don't, we didn't wake up this morning and like, where's the oxygen? Dave, check the oxygen levels. I'm feeling lightheaded. No, I didn't do that. I got up and I got out of bed. I had faith that even though I didn't, couldn't see it, I know it's there, right? So it has to do with the subject, me. I can't see it. It says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing, and watch this, in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. In that realm, in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. Now, don't, like, I'm building, okay? Let me get somewhere. Don't turn me off just yet. So in that place, in that realm, according to that scripture, it says he has blessed me with every, every spiritual blessing. Okay, so what are you saying? In that realm, I don't have any needs. Whoa, 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 what are you saying? In that realm, I have no needs. This is, this is the scriptures. He's blessed me with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. If I pass the, this my microphone around this morning, we'd be here till probably Tuesday and letting everybody share us. What are your needs? What do you need? Right? We all got needs. But in that spirit realm, we don't have any needs. Okay? That's why Jesus, when he was on the cross, he said, what? It's finished, I'm done. What I came to do, I did. I didn't bring a religion. What I did was, I gave back to man and I gave back dominion to a realm that Adam lost. Amen? So he's on the cross and he says, it's finished. It's done. I did it. Some of us think heaven is walking through time with us, right? And we're in our times of prayer where God, do you know what's in my bank account right now? Do you know what they said about me? It's like we're praying to God, giving him information that he don't, like, we don't think he already has. Come on now. We've got to understand that in the spirit realm, it is finished. So if you're praying in such a way that you're trying to get God to get upset about what's upsetting you, you ain't going to move him. He's not getting up. In fact, what's the scripture say? He went back to heaven and Jesus did what? Read it. It says he sat down. You know what that sitting down is a posture of? Sitting down is a posture of completion and rest. I'm done. I did it. He's not up in heaven pacing the floor because of what you got going on this morning. He's just not. I'm sorry to do that to you. He's not. He came. He did what he was to do. And he went back to heaven and he sat down and he said, I'm done. He's not getting back up. So Jesus on the cross said it's finished. So everything you'll ever need to be is yours. Everything that you'll ever need to be provided for is yours. Everything you need to reach your potential, it's done. It's yours. It's finished. He did it. He's already put every answer to every question in place. You will never have any needs that he will be like, uh oh, I didn't, forgot one. Do you understand that? Come on, if you could get that in here, it's finished. He did it. Anything I ever will ever need was was done on the cross. Anything. He's already provided a breakthrough because it's finished. You don't have any money, what do you gotta tell you? It's finished. I don't have a job right now, it's finished. Come on, can you stand in that place of faith and say, nope, it's finished. He did all he's ever gonna do. He is not gonna come down and come bust open the doors of some warehouse and usher me in and plop me down in a chair and say, there you go, sister. And then go back up and sit back down. Ain't gonna do it, it's done. So we have to learn to how to apprehend the finished work and not live in this temporary realm. Remember what I said, this physical what you can see, smell, taste, touch, feel, we learned that in elementary school that physical realm. We have to learn to live beyond that. So there's two different realms and I believe and I'm talking to myself. We are can be totally focused on the wrong one and stuck in a physical realm with a physical mentality of what is physically happening to you. Here's an example. Mary Magdalene goes to the tomb of Jesus. There's an angel standing where his head lay and there's an angel standing where his feet were. She goes to the tomb, and it says in the scriptures, she's crying. She's crying. Her Savior's dead. His body's not even there anymore. Somebody stole it. She's physically upset. She's crying. But you know what I noticed? The angels weren't crying. They were even standing where a body used to be. They weren't crying. Why? Because they they are from, they are in a, the, another realm. They understood in a spiritual realm what had happened. They understood, yes, he's not here. You're right, he's not here. Because he had business to go take care of. Amen. Those angels weren't upset because oh, where's the savior? Where's the son of God? Again. That other, they, had, they knew where Jesus was. Amen? Mary, stuck in the physical, was seeing what she could see, and those were the emotions. While we do not look at the things, what we're seeing, but the things which are unseen, because the things which are seen are temporary. But the things which are unseen are eternal. The Bible even says, had the ruler of this world known, they would have never crucified the Lord of glory. If the enemy knew, oh man, but if, I, if he dies, he's probably going to raise up and then I'm done for and everything that happened in Eden is like it never happened. And these people are going to have, they're going to take my authority from me that was given to me. Come on. It says if, if, if the enemy knew what was going on in the spirit realm, he never would have crucified the king of glory. So these keys. When Jesus would say, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your enemies. What's he doing? He's not giving you laws by which you make it into heaven. Come on. He's handing you keys that access it. Come on. This is this is the meat of my message, is these keys. Salvation allows you to go, like I said earlier, to the door. Amen. but it's getting past that door and growing and understanding what, 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 what's after this. All right, this Jesus, it's, it's growing, it's learning, amen? So key, so when he says tithe, uh-oh, tithe, and can I tell you this? Where's Kim? She's downstairs, okay. She's our finance director, but let me tell you something this morning. When the Bible says, tithe, give God your 10%. He's not saying that so you can pay the church bills. Come on. God's been paying church bills for 2,000 years. Come on. Before you were sitting in that chair, God was paying the electric bill of the church. However, to tithe is a... Come on! what is it a key to think about it what is tithing a key to prosperity finances so if you're saying man my money don't go nowhere my cars are constantly breaking down there's a key are you using it come on I'm sa- I mean I know that's uncomfortable Preachers don't like to preach about money because it makes people uncomfortable. But I'm telling you, if you don't get this message of the kingdom and these there's keys to the kingdom and what you're seeking for and what God's wanting to give to you because Jesus paid a hefty price for it and it's all done already. He sat down. You've got to understand the scripture is full of keys. So if there's an area of your life that is lacking and it does not look like it's supposed to look like, I would implore you, are you using keys? The tithe is not about you. It says, bring who the tithe? Bring me, meaning God, the tithe, and see if I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. Come on, yeah. right? Yes, that's the That's this spiritual and this natural. That's where there's access points where where there's things that we need in a spirit realm that we gotta get here, right? Jesus taught the disciples to pray like this. Pray that my kingdom come. My will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what Jesus is saying is this. I'm giving you keys. Keys to what? The kingdom. Earth was never meant to operate apart from heaven. So I'm giving you the keys that unlock heaven in your life. So when God starts talking to husbands. Husbands, love your wives like Christ. Loves the church. What's he doing? He's not trying to make your life miserable. He's giving you a key. Wives, he's giving you a key. You want godly children? There are keys for that too. When he starts talking about our money, don't get mad. Don't get mad at me. He's trying to give us these keys where we can access, but unfortunately, people won't will not listen. What's that scripture? My people perish. Why? A lack of knowledge, lack of knowledge. man. Come on. It's, it's a deep message, but it's it's at the same aspect, it's so simple. It's, do you feel that? That's what I was feeling as I was preparing this. Some of this, it's like, man, this is real deep things of God yeah they are but it's very simple he made it easy Satan would love nothing more than to get your eyes stuck in the physical realm he would love I mean he, he hates the fact that this morning I'm under the unction of the Holy Spirit and trying to get you to see past that okay don't be surprised if you leave here today and you feel like all hell is breaking loose. Come on I know I mean I'm being real there are times when it's like okay I get an understanding and we'll go into the scripture of that but it just seems like Satan's right there trying to rob that seed man right So why uh, why does the world prosper but the church can't even repair the roof and we're God's people Are you tithing I'm just saying. Yes, your tithe pays your pastor and it pays the utilities of the church. But he's not, again, he's not doing it. He's, it's because it's for you to unlock some things in your life. A key, this is good, doesn't care whether you're saved or not. If that door was locked and I walked over to that door and it said, excuse me, are you saved, born again, filled with the Holy Ghost? No, it does. That door will not care if I'm saved or not saved. What will it? What? What will? What will open that door for me? A key. Do you understand why there's so much prosperity in the world? Do you know? I heard a preacher talk about this. They have a church in the Silicon Valley there, where you know Yahoo or not Yahoo, like Google and Facebook and all them. Maybe Yahoo. I don't know. Are located in that area of California? Do you know that if you work for one of those companies and you say take 10% or take a certain dollar amount out of my paycheck, do you know what they will do? You know what they will do? They will match it. And where do you want me to send it? Oh, okay, Hope City Church? No problem. Why? Why do you think there are people that I mean, again, I don't know the hearts of men. Only God does. I'm not saying. What I'm saying is, why can we look at the world and see so much prosperity? But we're trying to figure out how to rub two dimes together. So there's a key. They're using a key. They're using a key. They're giving. They are giving. Think about it. Why Jesus said the children of the world are wiser than the children of light. Man. Listen, ignorance to the principles of the kingdom keys can destroy us. And I said, My people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. I'm sure this morning there are some people who were walking on streets of gold. Not everybody, I don't know. I don't know everybody's situation, but I'm sure just like there's people sitting here this morning that you are in a financial place that you're not supposed to be in because you're not using a key. Right. Or your kids are acting out because maybe you didn't use some keys. Or your marriage is not is on the rocks because you didn't know how to use some keys. But I believe that there are some people this morning walking on the streets of gold that maybe didn't use some keys. I don't, I don't know, but I'm just saying. If it's here, it's, you gotta wonder, right? Keys. My people perish for a lack of knowledge. Keys, these access points. All right, let's get to some scriptures. That was just my intro. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but All right, let's get to some scripture. Mark 4, 3 through 9. All right, so let's talk about these, uh, some keys here. And it says this. Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And it happened as he sowed that some seed fell by the wayside and the birds of the air came and devoured it. Some seed fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth and immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched and because it had no root, it withered away. And some seed fell among thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no crop but other seed fell on good ground and yielded a crop that sprang up and increased and produced some 30, 60, and some 100. Now, who's saying all this? Jesus. Who's he talking to? Well, he was talking to a crowd. Okay, I'll give you that. All right, he was talking to a crowd, right? And he said to them... He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus already knew that there were people who were going to turn him off. Why would he say? If you have ears to hear, hear what I'm saying. Please. When you talk about seed, time, and harvest, like Jesus was, automatically Jesus already knew it. Man, I'm probably going to lose about half my audience. So he said, those of you that'll hear me, I've got something for you. The rest of you, you'll just have to work with what you got. Verse 10 says this, but when he was alone, so he was speaking to the crowds. Then it said, but when he was alone, this is important, those around him with the 12, oh, whoa. So what you're saying is he was talking to a them, right? And now he's like with this smaller crowd, the, the 12, his disciples. But those around him with the 12 asked Jesus about the parable. Here's what they said. Well, they asked him he, and he said to them, to you it has been given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, come on, you got to get this. All things come in parables. So that seeing they may see and not perceive, and hearing they may hear but they won't understand, lest they turn from their sins and be forgiven them. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? So he's talking to the smaller group, the, the disciples, those who followed him. Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? Did you catch that? Jesus said, if you don't get what I'm about to say, nothing else I teach you will mean anything. If you can't get what I'm trying to say today, then you're not going to understand anything I say. He said this is ground floor kingdom, and he's teaching a parable about the kingdom here. What is a parable? It's a story. A parable is a curtain, right? Jesus is not teaching on agriculture. These people knew agriculture. They were, that was their, that's what they did. He wasn't giving them, oh, seed, if you put it in the ground, it grew. No, this, this was an agricultural society, okay? They understood about seed. They knew that. But he wasn't teaching them about agriculture he was using agriculture as a curtain to the things of the kingdom of God and then seek ye first right seek oh let me pull that curtain back okay right A seeker pulls back the curtain and sees the truth behind the story. The outside people, the casual people, they just heard a story. But there's another group of people, and Jesus said, and he said it. I'm sorry, not everybody in Jesus' day or Jesus' team got participation trophies. They just didn't. He said it, that we have an us and there's a them. Did you read it in the scripture to them? To them it's a parable, it's a story. But to you. So there's a us and there's a them. Them is everybody who's been saved. Think about the crowds that day. There's a them and then there's an us. A them is everybody that's been saved. You've come to the door. You've prayed the prayer. You've asked Jesus into your heart. You're Now you're a them. Right? Because that's receiving and everybody is a receiver. We received that free gift of salvation. We received. Everybody is a receiver. But he said they're on the outside. He didn't say that they weren't part of him. Hear me now. I'm not saying that Jesus is saying, oh, that. He's not saying that. He said they're on the peripheral. They're just casual. They've received something. So here's what's happening. He's been sitting there teaching about the kingdom all day. And he goes off to a place, and that's when they ask Jesus, why is it that when you get in front of a crowd, you like talking code? That's what they're saying. Why when you get in front of multitudes, it's like you're talking in code. But when you get with us, you'll speak plainly. Because if you read, and we will, the next few verses, he's explaining to them plainly what he was saying. And this is what Jesus said, because I don't want him to know. He spent all day hiding this behind a curtain because he didn't want to throw his pearls before swine. They're just receivers. They just want. They won. He said, I'll tell you, but I'm not going to tell them plainly. Why? Because the kingdom does not come to the casual. It comes to the seeker. Seek ye first the kingdom, and all these things will be added unto you. All these kingdom things that are full of blessings that come from an inexhaustible place will be added and given to you. These keys of the kingdom. I feel like I, I, feel like I just like lost a whole page. Here's what he's saying. Look, Peter, James, John. Matthew, because you gave up your tax collecting business to follow me? I'll tell you. You're no longer just a receiver. You're a seeker. You gave up your fishing. You gave up your livelihood and left your families to follow me. Come closer. Let me peel back the curtain and I'll explain the things of the kingdom to you. Because the multitudes would come for the fishes and the loaves and the miracles. They wanted to receive and get something from Jesus. But there was a few, a remnant, that went, they weren't just a them. They became part of that that inner circle. Because they decided, I'm not just going to be a receiver. Amen? I'm not just going to want. Jesus, gimme, 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 gimme. I want, 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 want. And do nothing. Sacrifice nothing. What time is it? Okay. A few things about keys. The key to keys is not just having keys. The key to keys is knowledge. Knowing what your keys are for and how to use them. This is what's the... This is what is a problem with many believers today: is that we have these keys called scriptures, and they just—they're just not knowing how to use them, right? What good is a key if you don't? I mean, hon, we got a whole cabinet full of keys, or we did until I made him clean them out, which was a process. Which is why he had so many keys. Because, but what good is a key if you don't even know what it accesses? Come on, right? These scriptures are keys. It's like having all this information and not knowing how to use it it's having all this power available but we don't know how to apply it it's these keys here's some principles of keys keys represent authority and authorization if somebody gives you a key what are they saying I'm giving you access if you possess a key to a place it means you have authority and you're authorized to be in that place if you're a key holder at your place of business they're saying we are giving you access and authorization to open this door and to be inside. To have access to what is behind it. The key to the, your car gives you authority and authorization to drive it whenever you want to. In scriptures, Jesus says that he's giving us the keys to the kingdom. He's giving you authority in heaven, from heaven, that, that authority that he had. Keys represent access. It gives you instant access to everything that key opens. The secret is knowing what the key opens. The kingdom of heaven gives us immediate access to all the resources of heaven, but we have to know how to use them. So often we limit ourselves by trusting or believing in only what we can see with our eyes. Having a kingdom mindset, what we're talking about this morning, completely changes your perspective. Keys represent ownership. Possession of a key gives you de facto ownership to whatever that key opens. Therefore, when you possess the keys of the kingdom of God, you have ownership to what that's unlocking. Jesus said whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, you own on earth what's going on in heaven. It's this access, these keys. Keys represent control. If you possess the key to something, you control it. You control when it opens, when it closes. You control when I start it, when I turn it off, right? If you need something now, you get your key and you go and open the door. If you don't need it right now, you don't go and open that door. I mean, am I right? If you're to be at work at 8 a.m. and you're a key holder, I mean... At 8 a.m. you should be there opening the door. You don't need to be there at 2.17 a.m. Am I right? Because you don't need to be there. Are you getting this? See, what I'm trying to say is, again, it's a curtain. Keys are so, they're a physical thing. We all own them and we all have them, but what I'm getting you to try to understand this morning is that there's these spiritual keys that unlock. And they're no different. When they say keys, he means keys. Keys, okay, keys. We all have that understanding of what keys can and cannot do. So this morning, if I could, team, in, you can come because, like Pastor says, it'll make me hurry up. <laughs> if I could ever get you to learn about the kingdom this morning, come on, you'll quit praying about things because you'll have the key to the things. And hear me out this morning. Keys, right? We'll stop coming up during times of an altar whatever. We'll stop coming up. Now, there's a reason for this, that we, when we have after service and you come forward and we'll pray with you and we'll agree with you, right? But if you're only ever waiting for the preacher to call you up on a Sunday morning, can I tell you, that's not the key. That ain't the key. Pastor, I need peace. We'll gladly, anybody, we will gladly pray for you. And we will agree with you. And you may even feel peace in the moment because the Holy Spirit is moving. But can I tell you the key to peace is not how anointed the pastor is as he prays for you up here at the altar or how many goosebumps you feel. You know what the key to peace is? What are you thinking about? What is your mind stayed on? Yeah. Think on these things. Come on. Oh, okay. Yep. We talked about the key to finances. Pastor, pray for it. No. Yep, we'll pray. We'll agree. Are you using a key to unlock that spiritual blessing in your life? Healing your marriage again there's keys to everything we need but you know what? we've just become like microwavable Christians I gotta work for it you mean I gotta like stand there and I might have to chop some things and saute some stuff and what I gotta let it sit and simmer and yep I'm just saying but we don't want to do that it takes work it takes faith takes believing god you gave me a key and i am using that key guess what the rest is on him come on he went and sat down you're not going to get him back up he gave us keys and i tell him i i i this morning dust the bible off that's your key ring what do i need Quit begging God to do something that he's already given you a key to have access to. And to end that that scripture verse in verse 14. Here's what Jesus says plainly to his disciples as he, okay, now to you, I'm going to tell you plainly. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. These likewise are the ones sown on stony ground. Who when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness this morning. What I am giving you, what keys are, what the word of God is, it's seeds. He's giving this morning 25% of you are going to get it unless all of you this morning decide you know what I'm going to think this ain't going to just fall on some stony ground and I'm going to get some little goose pimples this morning and woo on the way I'm going to listen to Christian music on the way home and take my good old Sunday afternoon nap and then wake up and are the ones sown on stony ground who when they hear the word immediately receive it with gladness but they have no roots in themselves so they only endure for a time and afterwards when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble now these are the ones sown among thorns they're the ones who hear the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires for other things overtake and choke the word and it becomes unfruitful. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some 30, 60, and a hundredfold. My prayer this morning is that our eyes are opened up. That yes, we live here in the physical realm, physically, our body. We live here, but we have given, have been given access to a whole other realm. And that we, if this morning you say to yourselves, "Man, that really hit me." I mean, because it hit me when, "Oh man, am I a them? Am I coming to Jesus because I just like, I want the loaves and fishes and I want to see what he's going to do next? Or am I coming to Jesus because it's like, I know he's the the very breath that I breathe. Is it deeper than a surface level, a casual? I don't want to be, I don't don't want to be a them. I don't want to be a a that crowd. I want to be an inner crowd. I want Jesus, when I have my time with him to, to just, I'm reading the scriptures and all of a sudden a curtain is pulled. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that before. Wow. Come on. Have you had those moments with him? Right? He's open, pulled back a curtain. He's given you access. Salvation is free, but the kingdom is not. You got because you have you have a part to play. In that. Don't just stand at the door of your salvation. Father, we just thank you this morning for this time, Father God. I pray that I that you know I, I am just a vessel, Father God, and that you that the that the words that you've given me, Father God, that they don't fall on deaf ears, that they just don't fall on stony ground, Father God. But this morning, that we would purpose and that we would choose in our heart to make sure that we are providing a soil that will receive the seed, and we will water the seed with the watering of the word. And, Father God, that it will take deep root in our lives and it will produce. Amen? So, Father God, just take this time. Holy Spirit, we have just given this whole service to you. And we just know that only, that only do what only you can do here in these remaining moments of this service. In Jesus' name, amen. And as we close, I am going to open up the altar for you to have some prayer, people. Again, you're not coming and saying, I need. But man, if you say, I need to, you know what? Agree with me. This word I heard today, agree with me. I need to use these keys. And we will agree with you. But it is up to you. When you go home, get your Bibles out. Look up, start digging for those keys. And put them in and use them.
1: Kick that door open, come
0: on, amen?